0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. My name is David Chen, and the real Fast and Furious were the combo DVD VHS players we stole along the way. <laughs> Joining me today is Devendra Hardwar. I'm also a long-lost writer, brother, but you've never
1: heard of me because I died trying to steal a Laserdisc player. Those things are big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Kanata.
2: Hashtag family, except that I never brought up my brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course those are in reference to uh the movie we're reviewing this week F9 The Fast Saga. Uh joining us for that review is going to be Dave Schilling from Galaxy Brains podcast. Looking forward to that conversation. Uh before that we got some what we've been watching for you a couple weekly plugs um but before any of that stuff I want to mention something I'm very proud of guys which is that mm-hmm. consistently time and time again the Slash film cast is able to predict, nay, presage, what happens in popular culture.
2: Those, those mean the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Just take, for instance, <laughs> our conversation about uh, bringing food into theaters. Mm, yes. <laughs> and 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 by that, I mean tweeting out an image that a kind listener sent us. Uh, of his girlfriend bringing in a huge bag of spaghetti. A story mm-hmm. that was picked up on multiple <laughs> local news stations.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Or take, for instance, our conversation about the cultural relevance of Avatar. Yeah. A movie that no one can recall any details about, including Jeff Kanata, the strongest Avatar proponent on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we've done it again, folks, because over the course of the last few weeks on the Slash cast After Dark...
2: Wait, didn't we? didn't we... Wait, wait, wait. Didn't we do one that was, like, way on the nose or, like... <laughs> We said in 10 years, this thing I, I was think gonna... we, we
1: predicted a pandemic. Yeah, we predicted the pandemic. Didn't we did, we yeah. predict the freaking yeah.
2: iPhone and the pandemic <laughs> and everything. Like somebody yeah. played a clip of us talking yeah. it. was the pandemic. Yeah. It was About our, our like review it, of it uh, Fury. When you're yeah, like, in 2022, we, we're going to yeah. be talking about, we're going to use, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, so in, in our episode 291, we predicted, that, we kind of predicted that something I like this. How well, dare you? Well, we didn't, we didn't predict the pandemic. We predicted that we would be watching movies at home before they went to theaters, which is what happened last year. No, yeah. we I though, were all trying to saying, avoid the virus or yes, something. Yes. Yeah, 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 we talked yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. the, said the, that.
2: the yeah. virus that was running rampant around the country.
0: Yes. Yes. So uh, our listen to our, I think it's our Fury mm-hmm. review. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out to hear our uh, predictive capabilities. Well, on the Slash Filmcast After Dark, which is uh, exclusively available to Patreons, patrons at patreon.com slash film podcast, we recently had a conversation uh, about uh, whether or not it was okay to dispose of your trash <laughs> in a neighbor's garbage can. Which
1: somebody just did to me this week, and I am livid. Yeah.
2: Now, <laughs> Okay. You say that
1: <laughs> they but put was, the they wrong were, recycling in the recycling box, but that's now
2: I'm to, I got to dig in there to get it out. That's so not maybe. what I was talking about. I was not talking about throwing any trash into the garbage can. I was talking about very specific, a very specific version of that.
0: Are you familiar with the term slippery slope, Jeffrey?
1: Yes, yes. You were advocating lawlessness.
0: Sir. Are you familiar with the term slippery slope? Okay, yes. so anyway, we talked about that on again the slash filmcast after dark available exclusively to patrons at patreon.com/slash film podcast. And this week on the hit FXX original series Dave. Which is you can also find on Hulu and is one of the most popular shows ever on Hulu slash FXX. One of the most popular shows ever called Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a subplot about throwing your garbage away in someone else's garbage can. And I just want to say we called it. Yeah, we called called, it. Mm -hmm. We called it that this is something that is in the air that people are really interested in. It was was also in uh, Winter Soldier and uh,
1: Falcon. That's right. It was in the Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yes, finger on the pulse. Finger on the pulse. Basically, what I'm telling t-
0: all, all, all like movie studio executives: if you want to know what's going to be popular <laughs> in approximately three months to ten years, be a patron. Be a patron at patreoncom slash podcast. That's how you can support the show. Of course, we never want you to support us if it in any is in any way a hardship. Mm-hmm. There's many e- easy ways to support us for zero dollars at all. Simply leave a uh, review at Apple Podcasts. Uh, just a star rating. Even it takes like five seconds. We'd really, really
2: appreciate it. We would also uh, never want you to support us if you don't want to know the future.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So anyway, I just I, I, I was tickled when I saw that uh, Dave the FXX original series had this plotline, and also I do of course, think it's, yeah.
2: it's quite funny that of all the things that <laughs> happened in that episode of the show, yeah uh, <laughs> that is the thing that stands out. Certainly, because uh, Certainly. that episode. Was a humdinger, I believe, uh, <laughs> the official term. A humdinger. technical dinger. term. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right. So, wanted to point that out. Uh, okay. Let's get to what we've been watching this week. I'll mention a few things real quick. Um, number one, I had a chance to watch this movie called Ice Road.
2: Liam Neeson. This movie called- it's Liam a, Neeson. It's a certain set of skills, and part of them are driving on ice roads.
1: It's true. He's an ice road trucker. Yeah. It's true.
0: Um so the plot reads as follows Quote After a remote diamond mine collapses in the far northern regions of Canada, an ice driver leads an implausible rescue mission <laughs> over a frozen ocean.
2: Implausibles save- right there in the description <laughs>
0: <laughs> to save the lives of trapped miners despite thong waters and a threat they never see coming.
2: A little note. See your description writers don't <laughs> use the word implausible in your the description of your movie. Mm, mm. No,
1: you're bored with it already. Don't yeah. say
2: implausible. It's not. It's not taken how you think it's taken. You know. So uh,
0: I was interested in watching this because number one, it was free. Uh, I, I mean, if you're a Netflix subscriber, which many of us are, uh, it's free. And number two, it was written and directed by Jonathan Hensley. Does that name mean anything to you guys? Yeah, yeah. Terminator Three. Uh, is did it? you say Terminator Three? Is it? Is it? Terminator no, you're 3? thinking of Jonathan Mostow. Oh, damn. Uh, okay, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Hensley wrote Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. Oh, yeah, which is like one of my favorite action movies of all yeah. time. Yeah, mm-hmm, good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Jumanji and uh, Armageddon. Um, so I have been a fan of some of the stuff he's done in the past. He wrote and directed yeah. a Liam Neeson movie. I'm like, yes, I'm so in, so in for Ice Road. Now, I know many of you Liam Neeson fans are thinking, wait a second, didn't Liam Neeson already make this movie? Wasn't it called Cold Pursuit? Mm. Or The Grey? Or Mm. The Grey, yeah. This completes his winter trilogy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The answer is no, he didn't. Ice Road is actually a very different movie than Cold Pursuit. Um, Cold Pursuit is a revenge movie, right? Right. This movie, Mm -hmm. Ice Road, is, is more like Liam Neeson as uh, Liam Neeson's take on Sorcerer or Wages of Fear or right, something like right. that. You know, kind of like uh, he's on a mission, an impossible mission. And I got to say, one. this movie is absolutely baffling <laughs> because on the one hand, Liam Neeson is always solid. Like I, I he's never bad in my opinion, right? Like he's, he's basically playing himself. I don't even mm-hmm, think he has mm-hmm. an American accent in this film, right? <laughs> and so he's basically playing himself and I, I always enjoy his stuff. And what he's doing, but this movie is baffling because it has some of the most impressive action sequences uh, I've ever seen in a movie. When these, you have these like trucks like driving across these vast sheets of ice, coupled with literally some of the worst CG and just straight up movie continuity I've ever seen. Like, there's one scene I'm looking like every other shot looks like it was color timed differently than the other it's like basic continuity like oh the sun's out in the shot oh the next shot the sun's not out anymore and it's dark gray and it's rain you know like mm. just basic like filmmaking things that like we take for granted are not present in this movie and so it just feels weird it feels you know there's this saying um uh films are never finished they're just abandoned it feels yeah. like this movie was abandoned more yeah. than most movies you, like, you it can feels also like-
1: change the lighting digitally these days you know? I know that's the thing.
0: It's like, it's yeah. like, there's basic things that like, it feels like if they had more time, they probably would have done a better job at, and just, just like striking basic, <laughs> you know, filmmaking yeah. things that we all again, like we all take for granted, we all like expect to see them, weren't present in this movie. It's like a movie um, they edited, and nobody ever actually watched the whole thing, right? Like, exactly. In so there's just order. Like these glaring, yeah. like lack, like, like weird continuity oh, issues, and like the CG is just god awful. It's, it's really laughably terrible at these, the same the time the action sequences are great at the, at the, yeah at the same time some of these like sequences that take place with this like uh these gigantic trucks like on top of ice is really <laughs> it's just like i'm like how did they even do this you know there's just like really impressive things <laughs> also um lawrence fishburne plays a character named jim goldenrod for some reason hmm, um, okay. that's, that's the thing that happens in this movie sold yes. like a bond villain it's very very weird and it it just is this just baffling i just was just confused like why how how does this movie exist in the format that it exists in um and in terms of the the movie itself like the rest of the movie it's very much like something you'd see direct to tv in the 90s just like very clear-cut good and evil liam neeson is like impossibly noble and good uh but flawed and whatever guys are evil in this movie are extremely cartoonishly evil. Holt McCallany's in this movie, DeVingra, one of your favorites. I love it. And yeah, yeah always love seeing a Holt McCallany performance. So anyway, <laughs> if you are looking for a Liam Neeson action movie that is part of a subs- service that you subscribe to and that service is Netflix, then I think you could do a lot worse than Ice Road, <laughs> which is out right now. But set so, your
1: expectations uh, low, apparently. Yes. Sub-Zero.
0: Nice. And you'll have a good time. So Ice Road is one thing I've been watching. Um, I've also been accepting some uh, recommendations from Divinger Hardware on the side. From me, apparently, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Checked out the first episode of We Are Lady Parts on Peacock and found it to be quite enjoyable. It is funny that there are two series on Peacock about... Uh Women, like women forming bands, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're both comedies, and they're both extremely different, like mm-hmm. in terms of tone, in terms of casting, in terms of style. Uh, and so it's kind of a just a, an interesting case study in how you can take a, a somewhat similar plot and like make these extremely divergent shows that are both very funny and endearing in their own ways. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first episode of We Are Lady Parts. I'm going to try to keep going. And also had a chance to check out uh, Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. It's a series of uh, short films, and I watched the my favorite ones, uh, or not my favorite ones. I watched Devendra's favorite ones, the ones that he recommended, and uh, I quite enjoyed them. Um, so Great. thanks for the recommendations, Devendra, and I really uh, appreciate you kind of steering me in the right direction of uh, what was good to check out. Um, so yeah, all good, all good. Anything for family, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> thanks well, uh, so th- those are a few things i've been watching i've also been watching a couple things that you guys have been watching but davidra mm. why don't you hit us up with uh one or two of the things you've been watching well uh let me see here i've been watching the
1: final season of Bosch. amazon prime videos Bosch. the show that i feel like whenever i talk about it i feel like i'm just talking you know, to <laughs> nobody apparently because it's incredibly popular
2: you're talking but to my I've, father-in-law he yeah. loves it
1: yeah, I, I've never met another person who also watches Bosch, unless they are people I've convinced to watch Bosch. So <laughs> it's it's Bosch Hive over here. Uh, this is the final season of the show, but Bosch has a has a case to solve. You know, he's got like some family shit to deal with. Um, I, th- I think overall, this is a season that feels very strange because they knew going in that uh, this would be the final season of the show, and I think I think it's pretty solid. Like I, I will eat up. Like any, you put any Bosch episodes in front of me. I watched my screeners. I think within two or three days. I never do that, guys. This is like a ten episode, hour long, you know, episode series. So it takes a while. Um, but yeah, I did it because I love these characters. I love them so much. But this season, they knew going in that this would be the last season. Um, I believe along the way, a spinoff series was announced for IMDb TV. Which is the the other streaming service Amazon owns, and that apparently is doing really well. It's like ad supported video, so it's free, but you, you got to watch ads. Um, so I, I I won't say too much about this ending, but it is weird to me how this show basically is just like, well, see you all on the next show, um, <laughs> Bosch on another network. Let us not wrap up any storylines too neatly here. Um, are you coming with me? You side character I really enjoy. Yeah, you're with me. Um, this other character I really enjoy. We're gonna go do. It's like it's like they did. They pulled uh, announcing Baywatch nights at the end of Baywatch. <laughs> basically, it's like I think I'm gonna be a private investigator at night now. Um, yeah it's I like Bosch. I, I think it's a it's a decent season and it rounds up like uh some plot lines that were going on from the previous seasons. Um, I think everybody should watch Bosch if you miss like a good cop drama, especially now when it's like cop media doesn't doesn't feel particularly great. I still feel like there is still some enjoyment to be had with Bosch and what they're doing. um he He is very much the stereotypical guy who's trying to be a good cop, but also the one the chief is always yelling at. But it is so pulpy. It is like reading, you know, a Dashiell Hammett novel or something. Like it, it feels very pulpy in that way. And I just really enjoy that stuff. So I still find it really enjoyable. Even if Bosch is like running at a lower gear, it's still Bosch.
0: And I love Bosch. Amazon's Bosch. All right. That's Bosch season seven. And it's streaming right now on Prime Video. Diving your Horror, <laughs> What else have you been watching? I blew
1: through the entire season of Starstruck. This new show that's on HBO Max, um, I've heard people talking about it. It is about a uh, a millennial sort of like, not a screw up girl, but like, like a millennial girl who doesn't have any particular direction in life. But she's doing fine. Played by Rose Mettefeo, um, who's a stand-up comedian uh, in real life. Um, she is a girl, 20-something girl. She has a one-night stand with a guy who's basically Tom Cruise you know or like <laughs> all like a sub level tom cruise absolutely like
2: he's, he's, tom cruise his he, name is tom in the show his I, it's name not is a tom. coincidence
1: um a guy played by nikesh patel who is very famous she does not know he's very famous even though she works in a the theater um but yeah she does not realize he's he's very famous and the series is basically their bumbling attempts to have a relationship uh i love this show it is very funny it is very sweet. It is very, like, realistic in terms of, like, how 20-somethings and 30-somethings may try to date each other or try to communicate with each other. Um, just, like, two people trying to have a relationship. I just find a lot of their conversations really interesting. Uh, it reminded me, not to spoil too much about, like, how the show goes down, but it reminds me a lot of the before series of films, Richard Linklater's films, because each episode takes place in a different season. So we see these characters in different places um, and different, you know, times. So there are like big jump they're big jumps in like what's going on in their lives and things, but they keep like having this connection. And I find that all really intriguing. It is very funny. I think Ro- Rose Matafeo is hilarious. I love her so much. She is she is gonna be a star in something very soon. I love all the characters in the show. Everyone's really funny, everyone's like very well realized. And I think like it's just very real in terms of how it deals with. People who were maybe not the most emotionally mature trying to have a relationship when their entire lives are around like being very non committal about anything. Um, but I know you guys saw some of the show. What did you all think?
2: Yeah, you texted us about it, and I, uh, my wife and I sat down and, and watched the first episode and then uh binged all the rest. There's only yes. six episodes, yeah, but we watched six all 30 of it. minute
0: episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You we can watched the whole thing
2: in like under two hours, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. watched all of it in a night, and it was. Everything you said, I completely agree with. She's a star in the making, as you said. She's delightful. She's charming. She's hilarious. I love her delivery. Uh, you just buy her mm-hmm. 100%. There's a, a sequence at the beginning of episode two <laughs> where dancing. if you've not already yeah. completely fallen in love with this girl, you will. Because she's just like is listening to an 80s song and dancing down the street. And it it, it it she's just in it hundred and ten percent. It's great. This show is a delight. It You know, obviously, it's very Notting Hill, right? We've, mm-hmm, we've heard mm-hmm. that we've had this experience before. You know, where the there's a superstar and. You kind of bring up the one thing about the show that doesn't make any sense to me is that they go to great lengths to, yeah. to establish that she is A, works at a movie theater, and B, is an expert-level trivia master.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And yet somehow doesn't know this massive movie star when she sees him. Uh, it's very, very odd. But um, putting that aside, it, it is a show that I would recommend to anybody. Very adult show, obviously, but uh, recommend to anybody looking for a great half-hour uh comedy to mm-hmm. uh, half hour comedies to me are my most uh prized discoveries these days because um they you can always add another half hour onto the end of an evening and i love my wife and i love having just you know a funny fun yeah um, the wind
1: down show at yeah.
2: boosh you know it's a mm-hmm. it's a little yeah little happy ending of the evening to watch uh and this turned into like the whole evening we just didn't want to stop watching this we were having so much fun great starstruck great. Starstruck is, is it's great. It's really great. I'm hoping it gets a second season.
0: Oh, it has, by the way. I think
1: oh, they've confirmed that. Yeah. So can't wait.
0: Nice. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed Starstruck <laughs> on HBO Max. Uh, and uh, that is another thing that Devendra's been watching this week. You did not like it, Dave? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's very pleasant. Yeah oh, man. Uh didn't didn't look. And they're really going to
1: just like pull uh, put a tel- Ted Lasso over here. I tried yeah, to, I tried no to, you know I
0: tried to speed past it, Jeff. I tried to yeah, actually let just get right past to the next topic, but uh didn't work. Didn't work. Man, it's really um, like you know, souring our whole like happy moment there too. Man.
4: <laughs> just, <laughs> fun, yeah. So
1: fun that take show. Take a minute.
0: Uh, again, I try, I think uh, why I guess the reason is I just <laughs> People being happy in London. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show. <laughs> All right. Look look, my 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 thoughts aren't welcome here. You know, so it's fine. Good day, it's sir. It's completely Good day to you. it's a completely pleasant show. People should check it out. I have no problem with you guys recommending it. Um the show is Starstruck. Uh-huh. Check it out on HBO Max.
2: <laughs> I have no problem with you <laughs> recommending it. Hey, it's time for me to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, Express VPN. Now let me tell you, in my time, As a Dungeon Master for the Dungeon Run, I have searched for some pretty strange things. (laughs) How to, uh, you know, some grisly stuff is involved in telling a fantasy story. And uh, maybe I don't want people to know I'm searching for some of that stuff. And I know what you're thinking. Why not just use incognito mode? Well, guess what? Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That is why, even when I'm at home, ExpressVPN is only one click away. I have been using ExpressVPN for years, long before they were a sponsor of the Slash Filmcast. And it doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or any other ISP, ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And I loved ExpressVPN because it's fast. Most of the time, I didn't even realize it's on. ExpressVPN can be running seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit the exclusive link for our show, expressvpn.com slash filmcast and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T expressvpn.com slash filmcast to learn more.
1: Divinder Harder, what else are you watching? I want to talk about the premiere episode of The Good Fight Season 5, another show that I talk about endlessly and I have nobody to talk about it with. Um, <laughs> this is premiering it's on paramount plus it used to be a cbs uh used to be a cbs show but i believe it's like paramount original now it's uh so another show by uh michelle and robert king they do Evil, which I talked about last week. That also premiered. I've got two Michelle and Robert King shows, guys, like happening. New episodes every week. I don't know. This is like the happiest I am watching TV. Um, the Good Fight uh, is the spin-off from The Good Wife. Uh, it follows like two characters as they, um, or at least like one character from The Good the Good Wife and a couple side characters as they work for um, a black law firm headed up by Delroy Lindo, who is tremendous in it. Um this premiere episode is called um Previously On. And they just like this is why I love The Kings, guys. Like they just <laughs> upend TV recap convention. Because this episode it's, I'm not going to be too spoiler here, but this episode starts and they're like they're talking about things that clearly did not happen in the last season. And then slowly you start to realize they're just recapping all of 2021 or all of 2020 as a previously on episode. So like it is as if you're watching an entire season of television done in like the bursts of like dialogue <laughs> and drama you get in a previously on recap like 24. That's right? so but, cool. Yeah you know, that I know you really enjoy. Um so it is, uh, it's just hilarious how they do this. But yeah, they also kind of like speed past, um, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, kind of our reaction to it. Uh, Black Lives Matters protests and everything like that. And it just, it's a really smart way to like reset how these characters are. Some characters end up leaving the show, like long time characters, which is surprising to happen in the first episode. Um, but it's very good. It's very funny. And I, I I think like, once again, the good fight continues to be the most politically uh, like poignant and relevant show that exists today. Cause like it directly uh, confronts everything that happens. Like it confronts the the election, you know, it confronts the Capitol riot and these characters all like some of them have like very major roles that they like write in actual, you know, you know, news from the headlines into um, it's just so good. It's just so funny. I feel like I would be happy forever if I was just watching Michelle and Robert King's shows forever. So anyway, everybody watch the good fight very good um and don't feel like if you're getting into this you you don't have to go watch all the good fight of the good wife um i would highly recommend it that show is fantastic but i think you can just go cold with the good fight it is very relevant and it's it's only like it's short seasons and it's a you know you have four full ones to go through right now whereas the good wife is a big journey that was like you know 20 plus episode seasons yeah um, I, i've heard yeah. so
0: many good things about the good fight that you i can feel just like, go in. Just i feel go like in. i could maybe start with good fight season one you know try, just go start in. from there yeah yeah, yeah. but also uh, i
1: love these guys so check out evil check out brain dead which is also the show they did about uh, uh alien ants that like ma- made people's heads explode oh uh, yeah. yeah that show is yeah. fantastic
2: love it what happened to that show did it go away that's it
1: that's it that's one one season they they get hmm. these great ideas and sometimes it's just like a quick thing i was worried that evil would be one of those but no that's still going um they, they could totally redo brain dead right now and like update it to everything that's happening right now it'd be even more perfect
0: well, that's the good fight season five it's streaming right now on paramount plus the you hear anything else also shout out to conan conan o'brien He is, he's gone
1: from late night. As of this week, I've watched uh, some of the episodes uh, from this week featuring folks like Jack Black and, uh, you know, like his his longtime guests. Um, I love this guy. I don't know how you guys feel about Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. He, like, I think when I started, probably he started in like the early 90s, right? And by the time I was, like, actually able to, like, sneak up, uh, sneak and watch TV late, um, he was the guy. I was watching and I always admired him for being so weird, so irreverent. Um he was not just like the dry guy um you know just reading jokes from a from a note card like Letterman, no offense to Letterman, like, like he f- always felt more traditional to me. Whereas Conan was like he always like s- fit my sensibilities of you know the weird humor from the simpsons or something and then i learned later that he used to write for the simpsons and wrote some of my favorite episodes of that show so it all kind of clicked i've always loved him i followed his career you know through the drama of the uh the tonight show and everything and just like just everything like how he recovered from that he did the tour the drama around that guys like you can find a lot of that um i think it's the late night wars part two those compilations are on youtube right now of just like people, you know, putting together the drama of what happened, how Jay Leno basically came back and stole the Tonight Show from him and he left and went to CBS or TBS eventually. I I love all that. You know, Conan is so resilient. He is so funny and he's so pure. Like even right now, I'm, I'm listening to the Conan podcast and he's still like as funny to me now as he was when I was watching, you know, him late at night in elementary school. So yeah, love him. Uh, sad to see him leave late night. I know he's coming back to an HBO max variety show soon. So like, this is the thing, like he is a pathological workaholic and that's also something uh, I kind of uh, relate to with him. So I love Conan so much. I hope he can take a break and come back with something fresh. And for now I'm enjoying the podcast. I hope uh, check out his latest episodes, guys, like his last week of episodes, his stuff with uh, Jack Black, was hilarious and uh so much good stuff all the guests this week have been great so check it out
0: i love conan so much extremely influential um divindra he was one of the guys like we geeked out about quite Mm -hmm. often when we first met and yeah just has been a huge influence uh over the entertainment industry over comedy so uh end of an era End of an arrow. So I seeing...
2: recently listened to uh, Mark Marin's uh, WTF podcast with uh, Robert Smigel, mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. and Robert Smigel was Conan's first head writer, uh, and it's a really interesting interview uh, talking about how, that, that process and how Robert Smigel came over and what he thought. It's it's a it's a really great interview. I highly recommend it. And and we all have to be thankful that Mark Maron invented podcasts. So
0: absolutely. Well, I believe I believe Conan actually invented podcasting. Yeah, as well, that, that was the so. joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Conan, he's, he's going out on top at TBS. Um, that's what DaVindra Hardwar has been watching. Jeff Kanata, hit us up with a couple things you've been watching.
2: Well, you know, I trust my good friend Devendra Hardwar. DaVindra, I know I have not watched Bosch. Mm-hmm. uh the, despite you telling me i would love it every single time you talk about it <laughs> i think uh, the, i
1: think everybody listening to the slash film cast would like Bosch. to be honest uh, yeah,
2: I have, yeah. you have often recommended uh the good fight the good wife uh, the, uh numerous shows you've recommended but i think the one lately that you mm-hmm. have been hammering me to give another chance to is mythic quest so in honor yeah, of you a show
1: made for you basically
2: yeah in honor of you, my friend, <laughs> I decided to re- revisit it. Even though I'd, I'd watched the episode fives of both seasons and very much <laughs> enjoyed those, I had watched, I think, only the first episode of season one and really did not want to watch any more of it. But because you have constantly and consistently yeah. urged me to do so, I went back and I watched all of season one. Great! Yes. Um, and I have to say, I, I have warmed to the show quite a bit. Uh, I... I do appreciate it more now than I did the the first time around. And I think the first season gets to a place that is actually heartfelt and, and mm-hmm. lovely and nice. And the characters go some places and, and there are things that I, I genuinely like. And I set aside my sort of judging it's, uh, it's take on the video game industry a bit. It's basically the office or, um, or, um, uh, parks and rec parks and rec yeah. yeah it's basically those two shows just in a different venue
1: and a different but, tempo too in terms of like yeah attitude and
2: comedy yeah. yeah yeah that's true that's true um but man you get to the end of season one and then they do this like larping episode it's <laughs> like oh, come on come on don't not do that, that. Not a larping fan no i am a larping fan but the way they do it it just it's so yeah. on the nose and like the joke is the larping and it's, it's it it feels very um mm-hmm. uh, a big bang theory to me you know it feels very like uh, okay we're just going to make fun of the nerds instead of understanding what whatever mostly i'm here to say mm-hmm. that i have warmed to the show and i'm going to watch season 2 um i think there is enough going on that makes it a fun little bite-sized half-hour comedy that uh you know i don't like it as much as parks and rec which i adore um,
1: but But that that took until season two to get great definitely that's true
2: that's true but that show did get Mm -hmm. sensational um
1: but by the by larping you meant you saw the everlight episode because those were special so you saw the quarantine one which i really like the quarantine one's
2: cool although it's weird watching it now yes yeah, like I imagine if we had watched it when it came out, it would have landed even. But right. now it's, I, I it's agree. weird.
0: I, I watched mm-hmm. it recently too, and you know everyone was saying this is amazing, and I watched it, and it was quite good. But mm-hmm. it is weird to watch it now. It's I mean, very much to watch of it in a, May. Yeah, last yeah year. it's uh, of yeah. a moment. It like yeah.
2: came out at the moment that it it speaks to a specific moment, and we're past that moment. <laughs> but I did think the cool the ending so, thing that they Some of us do are lucky cool.
0: enough to be past that moment.
2: Others mm-hmm. others are not. But mm-hmm. yes well Agreed. no I, I don't mean it like that i mean i mean the I think the world is past the moment that the thing that the episode is speaking directly to the severe I, I don't agree yeah. with you no. but that's okay um well, well I don't think you understand what i'm saying I, I'm <laughs> saying that th- there was a uh an air of of just not knowing anything about what was going to happen mm, i see th- at that moment that i mean even mm-hmm, if we're still. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with the pandemic, which we all are, and now there's variants and all these things. But there is a clarity with which how the world is moving through it that was not present there. You know, there's like a there's a path forward, even if various people aren't as far along mm-hmm. that path as as they are. There is this like, you know, it, when that episode came out, there weren't vaccines at all. You know, right. there's, there's, like, it's, there's it's no hope different... on the horizon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I
0: got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. Anyway. Uh. So thank you Devendra for continuing to, I'm glad
0: glad you checked it out Jeff. I'm
1: glad you're digging it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also watched another show, another half hour comedy, uh, that has a new season that just premiered on Netflix. My wife and I have thoroughly enjoyed working moms. Uh, Hmm. season five has just uh, premiered. Uh, this is the Catherine Reitman show. I've, was friendly with Catherine for years years ago um before she you know became so big. Uh, but uh, uh, i I've always thought she was charming and fun and I've been a big fan of her as a person. And I think all of that comes through in her show. It feels very much her sensibilities and it is you know she created it and stars and uh, very much is is her sensibilities in the show. Um, but the show has always been a bit of a mixed bag for me. And it continues to be, it's a, it's a show that really is kind of ambitious in tone because it's goofy as all hell and, you know, silly jokes, but also will get real serious and take on real serious topics. And that combination of tones doesn't always work. And I think season five is a a great example of that. They, they really go to some dark places, uh, that aren't, it, it feels a little jarring a bit, I think, um, but overall, especially if you have kids, it's talking about all those things that are very relatable and, um, you know, poking fun at all of the, the the difficulties of trying to work and have kids and be a human being. And um, so it, it is a it is a very wonderful light show that I would recommend to anybody looking for a wonderful light show.
0: Nice. Well, that's Mythic Quest Season 1 on Apple TV+, Plus, and also Working Moms Season 5. And how did you watch Working Moms Season 5, Jeff? It's on Netflix. Uh, Jeff, just curious, like, are you kind of, uh, you know, earlier on in the last year or so, we talked about kind of how your tastes have shifted over time, and you used to kind of uh, turn your nose up at people who only wanted kind of comfort food yeah. uh, on TV. And I guess I'm curious, like, where where are you at with that right now? Like, are you kind of...
2: I'm still very much enjoying the comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> as as evidenced by the things I've talked about this week, like I those half-hour comedies are precious to me now finding a new half-hour comedy that's actually good and not just kind of tripe, <laughs> you know not, not just sort of you know, bland and 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 uh mm-hmm. not very well written. There's a lot of half-hour comedies that are just not that good and it's great when you find one that, you know, I think Search Party is the the perfect example of like what i want is a half an hour it's funny but it's also interesting and kind of has an edge to it so it, it falls in that middle place um but that's not to say i'm not also watching you know hour-long stuff or mm-hmm. darker stuff well, uh archer think,
1: and rick and morty are back so there you yeah go. i gotta get yeah. back on the yeah Tuka birdie i gotta check that out yeah
0: yeah, yeah Tuka birdie back on uh, adult swim right yeah, yeah so
1: i may have to do back to the sling tv to watch all these things now, Man.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, those are a few things we have been watching this week. Let's get to weekly plugs. Weekly Weekly plugs, a part of the show each week where we plug something that we have created. Uh, I want to plug a YouTube video that I made. Uh, I made a video entitled Why Justice for Han is a Big Deal. And I'm just going to acknowledge, guys, that Uh, for much of my life (laughs) for much of my existence (laughs) i thought the fast and furious movies have been like pretty silly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and i think Mm -hmm. they are pretty silly i remember Um,
1: actually trying to uh i think sell you on the not not just like them as dumb fun but in college trying to sell you on like there's some good stuff here you know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i i think i just didn't take them very seriously right Mm -hmm. and uh, I love Fast Five and I love like many of the action sequences from like Fast Six through Eight and really enjoyed Fast and Furious One when it came out. Um, but I, I never really kind of understood mm-hmm. the Justice for Han campaign until relatively recently hearing my wife talk about it continuously for the last three weeks. Wait, um, really?
1: <laughs> are really? You, are you like a closeted, you, you didn't get it until recently? That's funny.
0: Yeah, I think that I thought you were fully down on the hashtag, Dave. I, I, I you're think part that, of the movement. Um, I, I really liked Han as a character. Yeah, and uh, and I we should say by the way that like, you know, you, well, we're not going to give away anything that's not already mm-hmm. given away in the trailer for Fast Nine, but like, um, I will just say that I, um, it wasn't until recently that. <laughs> maybe it's because of everything we have been through this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You finally and see the light. Yeah. What I mean and, but what what I mean by that is like like learning how important representation is um mm-hmm. l- seeing like uh Asian people randomly brutalized in viral videos, right? Mm-hmm. All around the country. Um and then there was a study that came out recently uh that was co-authored by Nancy Wong yoon about uh, and the, I talk, mentioned it last week on the podcast about how, um, like, there's a not that many Asian Americans or Asians on screen in most popular movies. B. When there are, statistically, they're most likely The Rock. <laughs> and, uh, and C. A lot of times, like a full like twenty five percent of times, like the uh, Asian person dies uh, before the end of the movie,
1: or, or they are silent. Too, yeah, or apparently. they're silent or you know yeah. some
0: some other terrible thing, right? Like Girls Daniel day They've They have an Asian character who dies, who dies. within 5 dies minutes before... of the pilot. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. And Daniel day Kim has tweeted like how it's become a problem for him. Like he can't show his kids mm-hmm. his his movies before mm-hmm. because like the, there's a high likelihood he's going to die brutally in, in them. And <laughs> uh and I don't so it's very laugh, sad. but that's, that's Yeah. Funny. Yeah, it's it's very sad. Um, imagine how
2: and, imagine how Sean Bean feels.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, it's you know, Same same problem, but you know, um, there's there's more uh, white males that are in movies than you know Sean Bean, um, yes. or there's way more white males in, in movies than Sean Bean compared to you know Asian males in mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, movies. So uh, you know, compared to uh, yeah, the people like Sung Kang. So uh, made this YouTube video about like why justice for Han really hit me different uh, during this time in our lives. And uh, you can check it out on YouTube and we'll talk a little bit more about justice for Han during our review of F9. But um, yeah, check out the YouTube video if you can. I would really appreciate it. Okay. That's my weekly plug. Divin, your hardware. What's your weekly plug? I want to shout out the latest
1: in gadget podcast. We did uh, around the launch of windows 11. Which, yeah, okay. I I think I mentioned the leak at some point. It is another Windows, but it's also really interesting and weird and kind of exciting. And I I don't know, as a tech nerd, like I am all over this. Uh, I also had an interview with some developers from Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart at the end of the podcast, too. So if you you dig that game and you want to know more about like how they built the world and some of the tech behind it and the the motion controls and whatnot, uh, that is in this episode. I would also highly recommend you, uh, if you want to watch, if you want to like listen to the Windows 11 part, check out our YouTube stream because some crazy shit went down, guys. Um, <laughs> Microsoft hosted this stream on YouTube to announce Windows 11, and everybody was tuning in. You know, uh, all uh, the entire tech community was there. Their stream went down, okay, and a lot of our other places. Uh, what sites often do is basically rebroadcast a live stream right. so they could like comment over it or something. And then because everybody else was like using their streams, everybody else's streams went down. You know whose stream stayed up? Who's? Gadget's stream. Nice. Everybody. Because we actually had um we talked to Microsoft and we got like a source connection wow. to like you know the main the main feed of where mm. the stream was coming from. So at one point we were the only um I think the only place actually hosting the stream. Where you can actually see this so uh it is by far our most successful youtube live stream <laughs> ever we uh we immediately leapt on just started like doing the podcast right after that to to get all those viewers but yeah we hit over three hundred thirty thousand viewers uh just for that whole thing and i love it it was great so check that out and you can see us reacting to the sheer wave of people that hit <laughs> us during that thing it's kind of that's awesome thank you that's great it was, it was uh, just fun
0: it was weird jeff canada your weekly plug.
2: Well, I do a show that I I don't know if I've mentioned very many times here, but I do a show Thursdays uh, at uh, usually around three o'clock, two thirty, sometimes three o'clock, a stream on Twitch uh, for the fan controlled football league, which is a kind of a mashup between video games and actual real life sports. They describe it kind of as Madden in real life, the Madden video game in real life where fans are in real time, calling the plays, deciding all of the things that happen on the field. Uh, season 1.0 happened last year, and we're still continuing the show, waiting for season 2.0 to start. And um, it's a blast. I, I uh, host a show with uh, three other dudes, and we talk about all ranging uh, topics. It's just a fun stream. It's on Thursdays at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, uh, depending. You can follow me on on Twitter and find out. Uh, but you can find it at twitch.tv slash FCF. Those are our weekly plugs this week. Hey, I got to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, Farity Brand. Oh my gosh, the world is open. <laughs> There's actually going to be a summer and I may actually go see people. I went and saw Fast and the Furious. I went and saw F9 this week in a movie theater out in the world with people. And so, yeah, I think we're actually going to have a summer and Naturally, I started thinking about uh, how I haven't w- worn clothes in 18 months. Because, you know, now that we're going places, I, I got, you know, this may, maybe I'll see f- humans and want to look good. And that's where Faraday comes in. They make the perfect clothes for summer. Are you maybe going to weekend barbecues? Are you dating again? Are you going to the movies? Hey, I respect you if you don't want to yet. But a lot of us are actually going to see the world. So you, you, maybe you want some clothes for summer just to make yourself feel better. Faraday is a family run brand making high quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. And you know when you're searching for that ideal summer outfit, that set, that shirt, that dress, it feels like you've had them for years. Maybe it's in a gorgeous print uh, or it fits so perfectly that it feels almost too good to be vintage, but still looks like it might be. Well, that is Faraday. I have had so much fun Checking out all the fly designs on the Faraday website. I love the look of their button up some incredible patterns. Fly clothes. I, I'm not cool enough. I'm going to be cool, though, when I get my Faraday shirt. And Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They will replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. How cool is that? And to top it all off, Faraday is giving all the listeners of the Slash Filmcast, 20% off. 20% off! So stuck up on all your clothes for summer now? Head to FaradayBrand.com and use code FILMCAST at checkout to snag 20% off all your summer gear. That's code FILMCAST, F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T, at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, brand, B-R-A-N-D.com for 20% off. FaradayBrand.com. And promo code Filmcast.
0: Let's get to our review of F9 The Fast Saga.
2: I used to live my
3: life a quarter mile at a time. But things changed. My father now. I will always be in your heart.
4: Little Brian, I have a gift for you. Your daddy gave me this. No, I'm gonna give it to you.
1: It's very special. It's for protection
3: from what's coming. All right, Dom. What's next? No matter how fast you are,
4: I am not too big compared to you.
3: No one outruns their past.
4: I am
3: more easy. You trying your best to me. And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time,
0: down That was from the trailer for F9, The Fast Saga, which is out in theaters this weekend. Did mm-hmm. pretty well. The, the best performing film at the box office in, I, I think, since... Uh, 20, uh 2019 right? guys fast um, and
1: furious is saving cinema i knew it i knew I know. this would happen indeed you know? indeed sitting in 2001 watching that first movie i knew
0: this movie vin diesel can claim that he helped to save cinema yes. um joining us today for our review of f9 the fast saga he is the co-host of the galaxy brains podcast a podcast for the tv and movie obsessed i have no idea who any of those people are mm Dave Schilling, thanks so much for joining us today on The Slash Film Guest.
4: Thanks for having me. This was a movie that was such a joy to see, and I'm so glad that we're talking yes. about it because it changed my life. <laughs> wow. It wow. blew my mind. After a year and a half of not going to movie theaters, this being one of the first movies I got to see back in a movie theater with the a big crowd was just, oh yeah. The I movies. Can't, I can't describe it. The, the movies.
2: movies. amazing the movies
0: i'm gonna read Uh, the plot summary of this movie from imdb but before i do that i want to say that in our pre-spoiler segment we are going to be giving away everything that is in the trailers and the poster for f9 the fast Saga. so (laughs) which by the way i have to just say is a lot of the movie so if you don't want to be spoiled on any component of the movie you should you know wait until You've seen F9 The Fast Saga, then come back, listen to this review. But we will be giving away everything that's in the trailer and the poster. So we will be basically assuming you have seen the marketing campaign for this movie. The (laughs) IMTV plot summary reads, Cypher enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team, end quote. All right. So, Dave Chilling, I'm curious. You said this movie was revelatory. Coming back uh, from the COVID era, watching this on the big screen... But I'm curious, beyond the just sheer joy of experiencing something collective with lots of other movie lovers, any other reasons why this movie was life-changing for you? Um,
4: well, that would get into spoiler territory, so I won't bother <laughs> with that. Um, but just th- this franchise is beloved by a lot of people, and, and by me uh, included. It's just so much fun, and they haven't made it less fun. Eight was not uh, even close to my top five best Fast and Furious movies. So after that, I thought, oh boy, this might be the end. I don't know if they can keep going with these. Right. Yeah. they They can't make them more ridiculous. They can't um do any more crazy reveals or have any more people come back from the dead well guess what they could do all those things <laughs> the fact that they figured out how to make a, mo- a bunch of crazy plot twists and insane stunts and have people come back from the dead in the ninth version of this franchise uh tenth if you count this short film that is referenced uh in the middle of this movie uh just <laughs> remarkable like i don't know how they do it this is there was a new writer um for this one chris morgan who'd written most of the the previous films uh he he didn't write this one uh justin lynn's back after his jaunt into the 23rd century for star trek you wonder like is this formula still potent 20 years later it's been 20 years this is this is essentially the 20th anniversary year mm-hmm. of the franchise and it, that they're still going and it hasn't Incredible. and it hasn't devolved into James Bond self parody yet. Probably because it never could. Because these <laughs> movies don't take themselves seriously. Never really have. Even the first one mm-hmm. has a, a delightful campiness to it. Um, means that they can just go on forever as long as they don't show contempt for the audience, and they never have.
0: Mm. I will grant you, I don't think they show contempt for the audience. I am. I, I want to explore the idea of camp just briefly, yes, though, because I think yes. that. I have heard some Some people have said that in order for something to be true camp, it cannot be self aware. And this movie has become self aware. It is Skynet, like, <laughs> understands what its place in the culture is now. Mm-hmm. And they, they are uh, so close to breaking the simulation of the right, universe exactly. in this movie. And, yeah. and so I, I'm kind of curious, Dave Schilling, how you feel about that. Like, I think this, this series has clearly become self aware, and I wonder how that hurts or helps its campiness. See, I don't I don't
4: really buy into that. The idea that camp cannot be self-aware. That would imply that the films of John Waters are not camp.
3: Mm-hmm. You think mm. John
4: Waters didn't know what he was doing when he made Female Trouble or Pink Flamingos or any of those films? Of course he knew what he was doing. So the idea that a smart, self-aware, intelligent artist or writer or filmmaker can't be campy, is is uh, anathema to me. It is incorrect. It is not not a fact. Um, outsider art, you can't really be aware of what you're doing. But certainly with camp, with, with things that are meant to shock or to transgress or to just be um, odd, you know, fast, the Fast and Furious movies are certainly odd in the way that they are fixated on the same three things over and over again. And ridiculous, uh, physics-defying things happen uh, regularly. But that doesn't mean that they're not campy. And mm-hmm. let me let me just say this. The self-awareness of the franchise is one of its great strengths because it gives the audience what they want without pandering.
0: All right. Well, uh, you've rejected my premise. And uh, day, right? I, ac- <laughs> I accept your rejection. I accept your rejection, Dave Schilling. Uh, Devinger Hardware, let's talk about what you thought about F9 The Fast Saga. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, first of all, I love the way you say Saga. It's just uh, yeah. it's so Boston of like, you, yeah. Like It is so. Saga. Saga. It's, awesome. it's like saying um, Saga.
0: Saga. <laughs> uh, but how, F9, how the I, Fast. Yeah. I literally don't even know
2: what it is. Saga. What, so- saga. Oh, is it Saga? saga. Well,
0: how am I saying it? I'm saga. saying Saga. Saga. Saga.
2: It, like it, it's like,
0: supposed to be Saga is what you guys saga. are saying. You're saying yeah. that,
2: the way you say it makes it seem like the Fast franchise has a little bit of give in its middle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah,
2: kind of like a I mean? little yeah. a little squishy in the it kind oh, of yeah.
1: does actually midsection. Yeah, anyway, yeah, all right. The the,
2: the COVID saga <laughs> is what I got going on.
1: This movie, <laughs> I, I like what you said, Dave, about uh this franchise probably just living forever. You know, because I think towards the end of this movie, as so much insane shit is going on, I just want these movies to keep coming like forever, forever, ever. You know, maybe take a break once in a while, maybe take a five year break or something, but I would love for this franchise to continue existing and for these characters to keep reinventing themselves and for them to just keep like saving the world or whatever they end up doing. Cause I love these characters so much. Like it, it is, it is such a weird thing because uh, this also was one of the first movies, um, you know, that I went back to the theater for and I saw it an opening night. That's something I didn't really plan to be doing so early, uh, as we're recovering from the pandemic and everything. But I saw it with my brother. You know, we went opening night. It was actually wasn't a super packed theater, but it was enough people to react to the movie, you know, and to have that collective experience. And, you know, I I feel like as we were watching um, a car float off somewhere, I was like, man, this is cinema. Right. This is why I go to the movies to see this crazy franchise take big swings, retcon characters and histories over and over again, bring people back from the dead, introduce new characters, just rearrange the timeline. And I love it. I eat all of it up. Uh, I think the only thing that could make this movie better is actually if we, if it probably did uh, cut the sag a, a little bit, because this movie is two and a half hours long. It does. It doesn't really have business being that long. But I think like, you know, two hours, a nice tight 90 minutes to two hours. This thing would just sing. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Justin Lin is back in this universe. I'm glad that it feels a little different to Chris Morgan, that traitor, went and wrote the Hobbs and Shaw movie. And, uh, you know, that's just that's not part of the family. Guys, like I, I do not <laughs> consider that the <laughs> Fast and, and Furious movie. I disagree. Um, I not part of the family. Uh, Sorry, sir. Um, All right, Dave um, they, um, Chilling, yeah. you have
0: some, you have some thoughts on the Hobbs and Shaw Splinter? Or so? No family.
4: Yeah. Well, well real, real, quick. I think one of the reasons why these movies work is just because they are long and they are self-serious. If they, they're self-aware, but they're also incredibly earnest about yes, everything, yes. and the earnestness is something that you get swept up in. the The, the monologues about faith and family and all of that stuff really hits home in, mm-hmm. in a way that they probably shouldn't, <laughs> and they wouldn't in other circumstances. But it, Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, I'm pro I'm pro Hobbs and Shaw. I know the, the Shaw aspect of it all is painful for a lot of um, Han truthers, Han obsessives, Han lovers. I don't even mind that, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Dwayne Johnson, who is a divisive figure within the franchise because of how big of a star he is and how great of an actor he is and how he's probably, he doesn't belong in this franchise because he is too big. He is there's too big. Only room for, there's only room for one super <laughs> duper star and that's Vin Diesel. And <laughs> as duper. much as I do love Hobbs as a character and I love Dwayne Johnson as an actor, as a, as, a, as an action star, it never right. was gonna make sense. It never was gonna yeah. make sense. Yeah. It's it's that's a
1: long, complicated thing. We could talk about some of that in spoilers, but uh I'm just saying, not part of the family, guys. Like that that's not it. What makes the Fast and Furious franchise proper, the family movies, is that devotion to family. It's the core characters, it's the D's. You know, it's the people we've been watching <laughs> for 20 years, all getting up into hijinks together, and I love it all. Um, I wish the early set pieces in this movie held up, uh, you know, were as inventive as some of the other ones from this franchise, right? I feel like it takes a while for the action to really get going. Um, and it's until they invent uh, a new a new thing with magnets that I think Spoilers? that's when this movie really gets going and the set pieces <laughs> get really interesting. Spoilers. And, uh, no, it's uh, in, in the trailer. It's all in right, the trailer. It's in the trailer, buddy. You're right. Yeah. All right. Golden rule. Um, yeah. But <laughs> ma- magnets solve everything, and I think that leads to some truly inventive set pieces like things. This is why I come to the series, you know, to see things I have never seen before. And uh, once again, F nine delivers. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I wish it was a little tighter. I love the drum. I love all of it. I love the heart. So I, I love it. I love the experience guys, the movies. If you have not seen the Vin Diesel, uh, SNL thing of, uh, which, uh, which comedian is that? I don't. I don't even know. Um, but it it is them doing the Vin Diesel like come to the movies. I love everything about the movies. It is a joke, but it's also so so true. This is why I go to the movies for these big muscly characters to fight each other and have these biblical storylines, guys. This is the this is the root of all storytelling. You know,
4: this is brother <laughs> against brother. This, this is Prometheus bringing yes, the fire down from yes. the mountain, folks. Mm-hmm, exactly. And Vin Diesel is a big, monosyllabic Prometheus. And then you find a bigger one, you know, who stands next to... I love it when Vin
1: Diesel is next to other muscly guys, and, like, that guy's hand is as big as Vin Diesel's head. That is when, you know, you've truly hit the jackpot, I, I, I and I really know, like John Cena here. I don't know
4: if this is a spoiler, but it is something that I noticed quite a bit, <laughs> is that uh, old Vin... Uh-huh. He seems to be standing on more and more Apple boxes every every movie. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of canted <laughs> angles going on they, here. C- they yeah. CG'd yeah. longer legs onto him and some <laughs> some wide shots. I just like come on guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know he's a short fella. Like don't <laughs> don't pretend this is not a game. Okay, you can't make uh, you can't put one over on me. I know he's short. It's fine. It's part <laughs> of the universe. You
0: know, we <laughs> believe it. Jeff Kanata, your thoughts on F9 the Fast Sega.
2: You still got it wrong.
1: (laughs) I think you did that with a purpose. You did that on purpose, right?
2: Yes, that was on purpose. Okay, Okay. go go ahead. Well, Dave, (laughs) I guess you could say my (laughs) thoughts about F9, the fast, are best summed up in the form of a limerick. You know, maybe
0: we should explain the whole limerick thing to Dave Schilling, who is the first time time guest on the show. Oh, my goodness. Explain why you would do any limericks on the show.
2: No, no, I don't want to. (laughs) Dave, believe me, I do not want to. I kind of want you to. I do it under duress. Uh, Mr. Chen, who runs a very tight ship here, has warned, nay, threatened... That if there is an a single episode without a limerick, he will walk from mm-hmm. our program. And also, I don't a know, puppy
1: will be killed. Apparently,
2: yeah. This is how I this feed, my children. Yeah. I feed yeah. my children. I feed my children by doing this podcast. So mm. he is he is threatening to remove food from the mouths of my children, lest I provide a limerick. So here I am, week after week, under duress, subjecting you and the audience to limericks. I would I, I prefer not to, but here we are. All right, here we go. There is some fun to be had, I said some, but what have these movies become? Y'all give them a pass, but they're up their own ass. This one isn't good; it's just dumb. All right, it's pretty harsh, Jeff. Pretty harsh, but pretty I, harsh. You know,
0: I saw it coming. I saw it coming. We we know. Um, also, I think I think we all know.
1: Jeff Jeff is not a true believer. Yeah, Jeff's not a. Yeah,
0: yeah, I will
2: happily recede into the background during this (laughs) review because you two guys, listening to you and your love for the series, makes me want to just let that happen and not stand in the way. I don't want to be a. (laughs) <laughs> what i would like to call a dave chen in this situation <laughs> wow <laughs> you know i don't want to be the the lone voice of dissent when everybody else is having a great great time with their mm-hmm. with their movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say for me th- this is a bad movie <laughs> this is there there it, it absolutely collapses under the weight of its own bullshit you know like, uh, like it tries to do so many things uh, and none of them are successful. I didn't think that any of the action set pieces were particularly mm. thrilling, uh, even in the end. Um, I, I love John Cena. I'm a huge fan of him as a wrestler. I think his transition to films has been great, and the thing that's so wonderful about him is that he's so able to do comedy. He's such a affable, genuine guy, and he's, he's so willing to make fun of himself I just think he's horribly miscast here because <laughs> I never I never took any of his sneering seriously. He's just too too likable and fun. You've seen
1: him in too many comedies, Jeff. Yeah. Like that's, that's the problem. It's, was he a, was he smiling and likable in no. wrestling? No. Well, yes, in wrestling
2: he was. He was yeah, a, absolutely he was, the was. He was face the, yeah, years. The, the
1: cleanest, cleanest cut of the
4: hero of all time. Yeah. All he, I all I
1: see is pictures of him scowling. But okay, yeah.
4: Well, I, <laughs> he'd I mean, come I, out to the ring smiling. He'd salute. He'd give he was, kids. Hugs. He was. He was
2: uh, Hulk Hogan redux. Yeah. Oh, know, he was, okay. was, threw okay. his hat yeah. in the crowd it, for it. all the little kids to fight over. Yeah. Uh, but I I love him. I just think he was just miscast here. I, I, and you know, maybe in future films when he inevitably <laughs> becomes likable again. Hold on, hold <laughs> you on. Know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I found almost nothing fun. It, it is overlong. None of the set pieces, even I have fun with the set pieces in these movies most of the time. I didn't find any of these set pieces to be particularly fun. Um it, 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 I, I don't want to be Mr. Naysayer. I just thought this movie was so long and i i never ever used this word but i was bored i, I, I just how I, dare you i don't want to be mr naysayer and
4: yet here
0: i will nay say <laughs> well i'll opinion. i'll shut up now
2: let you guys love it please it just just aren't for me i guess it's okay, well, it's okay. Well, yeah. yeah
0: yeah okay so let me ask, before we move off jeff permanently for the rest of this podcast life um, <laughs> so, like hit uh, that mute button yeah. i'm curious so i i'm curious jeff like are, are there any fast films that you enjoyed and also is there uh, something that you could see in a fast film that you would actually find compelling? Like I is, do like, yeah.
2: you know, I, I've often compared these movies, and now the movie itself compares itself. Uh, I've often compared these movies to superhero movies, right? I, I'm a big Marvel zombie from way mm-hmm. back. I love my Marvel movies. And I think I am... I'm saying the things that you guys are saying about this franchise to the Marvel stuff in the face of some, I think legitimate criticisms of some of the Marvel movies. It like doesn't matter to me because I love the characters so much. I love the world building so much. I'm in it. Um, so I get it. And I, and I have had fun. I think I've given fairly positive reviews to some yeah, yeah, movies yeah. in the past yeah. because the action is inventive and cool and, and over the top and fun I and, and while the action in this movie is over the top, I didn't find it to be – I didn't find it to be as fun as previous installments have been. Mm-hmm. I really thought they relied on one gimmick at the end way too many times. And it just – I felt – I just kept going with this, none of this w- – I'm, I'm
1: kind of there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and the honest.
2: first couple of ones really annoyed me. Uh, and the movie even points out, like there's a, the, an initial action set piece, and then the scene immediately after, there's a character going, "That wouldn't happen, right?" <laughs> oh well,
4: what are you, I see this. There's too much stuff we need to get into in the spoilers here. There's i to respond to every single to sp- one of
0: these points. Let's get can. the spoilers. Let's wait, get. I spoilers. Wait, I want to know
1: what do you think, Dave? Come on. Uh,
0: I think that here, here's what I'm going to say. I'll say two things about it. Um, I actually think the movie becoming self aware is is to me unappealing. Like. Mm it is you know dave Schilling, you're talking about how like there's an earnestness and I, I actually think that when it is earnest or when fast movies are earnest i can really get behind that because it's like even if i don't enjoy it i can tell like oh that's they, they're trying to do this thing like as best as they can but this movie right has is is literally points out its own ridiculousness and mm-hmm. that kind of breaks the illusion for me that said I really enjoyed all the action scenes, and i th- i mean I think for me, the best fast action movie uh, a- action scenes are those that feel grounded. It feels like they actually went out and did that in real life, or some version of that, and yeah the one, the, some of the that.
2: one where they're like mm-hmm. towing a uh,
0: right save yes. five. Fast yes, five. So everything in fast as,
1: five is gold yeah right,
0: one of the best widely regarded as one of the best of, of the series right and and specifically that scene is so good because they actually went out and did something pretty close to that in real life and as time has gone on and cg has gotten better and better it becomes harder and harder to distinguish like what actually was real um but then like sometimes the eye can tell uh that it wasn't it didn't really happen mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. sometimes the very premise of the scene itself Defies any <laughs> sense of suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah, like yep. for instance, I'm just and I'm just spitballing here, driving off of a cliff <laughs> and using the string from a rope bridge uh-huh. as a slingshot to get you over already, a vast chasm. You know, they've already driven
1: across the cliff in this series before, and between skyscrapers, right? So where do you go next?
0: Right, exactly. It's, so uh, it, so tough. anyway, it's become it's definitely become more and more ridiculous. At the same yep. time, this the movie is combined with this fairly intense melodrama and yes. at its core the fast movies at this point are basically soap operas yeah and
2: I, somebody you know a friend of, uh, I think friend of everybody here uh, Anthony Carboni said to me today uh, fast nine is anime Yes, mm. and I was like absolutely that's actually really astute that's, that's, a, that's a
4: close yeah that feels it's good close.
1: yeah well yeah. no, it's it's uh, this is why I think the series appeals so well Jeff this entire franchise is basically a giant Dungeons and Dragons campaign. That's what it is, and this is why this franchise shouldn't exist, guys. The <laughs> first movie, like, what was a huge success, it was about a couple of people stealing a uh, combination TV and BCRs. It wasn't even DVD players. People keep saying DVD players. Yeah, I know. there it's are VHS players yeah, in that right. truck. That's right. Yeah, yeah agreed. This it is, was is it was how only two thousand one. We they didn't really have DVD players that wide. They yet, had, they then. had like some, but like when you if you see the shots of a. Uh, inside the trucks it is just combo vhf players and it's amazing yeah Um, but yeah the franchise died it died with f2 it was revived in kind of an indie style with tokyo drift justin Lin had a vision vin diesel had a vision for what this franchise could be a multicultural action epic series that would go (laughs) on and on guys he made a bet he made a bet on the series and vin diesel was right hollywood should bow before the d's Right now, <laughs> he is single-handedly right, so, bringing back cinema. So, so anyway, to, to, it's it's to, a it's a D and D campaign.
0: That's to, the thing. Yeah, like, that's I what mean, he I does. Mean, to, to to wrap up my my thoughts on it, it's just basically, it's a, it's a more extreme version of the other films, and and is, at this point, it's it is a little weird to have a fairly grounded, melancholy soap opera combined with a wildly over the top, occasionally innovative yep. and inventive, yep. you know, set of set pieces. Uh, and I think it, I honestly think it makes for a little bit of an unwieldy combination right. It's this is not one of my favorite fast movies but I echo Dave Schilling's thoughts that mm-hmm. it's wonderful to be back in a movie theater and watching movies again uh, and watching a movie like this which makes the the best use of a good sound system and a big screen So uh, I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it I enjoyed it but not my favorite fast movie um, but there are some parts that I'll get into more in spoilers mm-hmm. that I was a big fan of so <laughs> why don't we get to spoilers starting right now
2: now you're looking for the secret. Do you to see
0: this coming?
3: No. But you won't find it because, of course, you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have
2: been puzzling over how it
3: works. You don't really want to work it out.
2: Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You
0: want to be fool. We are in full spoilers for F9 The Fast Sega right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, joining, joining us for this review is Dave Schilling from the Galaxy Brains podcast. Now, Dave Schilling, you said you wanted to respond to some points that Jeff Kanata made. I would like to give you the opportunity to do that okay. right now, okay, if good. you'd like.
4: Well, just let me start from a broad perspective here, okay? I appreciate everybody's comparisons uh, or analogies for these, these movies, that they're like animes or they're like Dungeons & Dragons. But it's not what this movie is, or these movies are. The Fast movies are actually a retelling of the Book of Revelations.
3: Yes! <laughs> this is what I'm talking about!
4: Yes! And that is the crux of this week's episode of Galaxy Brains, is that my theory is that Dom is actually dead, and mm. he's an angel who has been brought to Earth by God, who decided to look exactly like Kurt Russell, and... He is trying to help him right the wrongs of, of the world, and fight against the devil herself,
2: portrayed by Charlize Theron. Mm. James, Jacob
1: is a very biblical name, right? Yeah. And, exactly. and where
2: where yeah. I where I buy into this is that if I was God, I would choose to look like Kurt Russell. Exactly. <laughs> well. See,
4: they um these movies are so preoccupied now with faith. And with religious iconography, resurrection, these things that are ripped straight from the Bible, brother versus brother, um, the <laughs> immaculate conception of a child, <laughs> little Brian, we don't know if little Brian's mom is really that lady who died in the last one. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> He's a virgin birth, essentially, as far as I'm concerned. These movies. Vin
1: Diesel has never had sex.
4: Come exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. These movies are a window into Vin Diesel's brain. And even though he's not writing them, he's not directing them, he is the star, he is the pro- executive producer, he is the creative visionary behind these movies. He's the one who said, John Cena! Mm-hmm. I said, John Cena in here to really piss off Dwayne Johnson.
2: I'm sure Batista
4: <laughs> was like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to do these. I'm in the Marvel movies already. Goodbye. Uh, but Cena said, sure, why not? Cena is bad in this role. I will say that he is not good because John Cena is a comedian. He does have this great comedic timing, and you cannot take him seriously as the villain. But he's not going to be the villain in the next movie. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is just this is really just the the table setting for the next one for Fast Eleven, where Cena comes back and he's gets to be fun. Or Fast Eleven, yeah, or yeah. Fast Ten, 10? whatever. Well,
2: I mean, they're no, playing like... two movies right yes, now: Ten yeah. and yeah. Eleven.
4: Yeah. Uh, and then I'm sure they'll do a bunch of spinoffs.
2: But, no, didn't didn't they say that actually for no reason whatsoever they're doing 10 part 1 and part 2? Sure. I mean,
4: call whatever. it whatever you want to yeah. call it. <laughs> these are never going away. All right? There's going to be 12 Hobbs and Shaw movies. There's going to be a Jacob Tretto spinoff. Yeah. Whatever. There's going to be a movie it, just about
2: Mia for some reason. Her running the market. <laughs> Mia
1: trying to learn how to use chopsticks, yeah. And oh, it, is, it is it is yeah. interesting to
2: me that every antagonist is just like – Absorbed into the protagonist. Every stranger <laughs> is just like, mm-hmm.
4: a friend you haven't met yet. I learned that Mr. Rogers. Exactly. You know? this, it's a childhood lesson. Yeah. These movies are parables for our time. More so than the Marvel movies. These movies are our religion for the 21st century. <laughs> yes. And um, Dominic but, Toretto is our new
0: Jesus. Well, so parables, uh, every one of Jesus' parables had like a pretty stark moral to the story right like every parable was like there is a lesson baked into every one of those mm-hmm. what what lesson do you draw from f9 the fast saga? never turn your back on family and that is exactly <laughs> what
4: dom did to jacob dom turned his back on jacob he didn't believe him he didn't listen to him he didn't even try he just said oh jacob killed my dad yep well all right i'm gonna banish him after mm. after a drag race after a street race yeah one street race well that's it you blew it that's <laughs> nonsense and dom is learning he's been learning every movie that family comes first but that's the it... only lesson that you need to learn mm-hmm. here
2: isn't it a little uh hypocritical for a guy who talks about family so much to literally have never brought up his brother
4: but that's the his demon. brother killed his dad as far as he's yeah. concerned yeah, his brothers his also murdered him. Out, but Cain and just... Abel, right here, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, he literally
2: never, never mentioned it. <laughs> I'm you think of, Abel talked about Cain all the time?
4: No,
1: <laughs> it's also... it is incredible how they retcon this too, because they bring us back to the moment Dom
0: kills a guy with the wrench. Well, it, re- you know? yeah, it rewards longtime viewers of the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you remember the Dom origin story, he murdered a dude with a wrench, and now we get to. Kind of quasi, I see that depicted. A L- lot of actually references to the other films in this yes. movie. Um, only exception to that, I think Cardi B is in this movie, right? And for four seconds, is, yeah, that is not a reference to the other film. That's from what, uh, that's, that's uh, from the short film. Oh, it is, is it?
2: Yep. Okay. All right. Never mind then. I, I Which short directed film by are you ben talking Diesel. about? Because I okay. Also, I I don't know these movies as well as you guys clearly, but isn't that other lady his sister? Yeah, is yeah. she just his not sister. involved? in any way in her she, brother's she's always
1: been kind of the boring one you know a little
2: it, it's yeah. it feel weird that there's three siblings and the movie only gives a shit about two of them
0: i i yeah. think it's pretty hilarious because i feel like you know one of my favorite shows of all time the fox original series 24 s- spent a lot of its time recapping what was mm-hmm. happening in the other episodes, right? Like, so every episode to remind you what's going on, it's be like, yes, he's the terrorist who's trying to blow things up. Like, they would really, like, give a lot of exposition. That is incredibly on display in F9. Um, right from the first five minutes when Tyrese's character says, we're talking about Cypher, the woman who killed the mother of your child. Yeah, uh, And yeah. many other similarly clunky lines. But one of my favorite ones was also from Jordana Brewster who says, He's also my brother. And as if to remind the audience, yeah. BT dubs like, oh, yes, yeah, these he people are related to each other yeah. because otherwise you would never know. You
2: would never know. And she is, <laughs> she has no interest in it. Mean, it is, the movie cares not for her relationship with Jacob <laughs> at all. Correct. Yeah. Because she's it's, only
4: there to have someone for Letty to talk to when she goes mm-hmm. to, to um, Tokyo.
2: That's it. Yeah. I do think it is admirable that they are keeping Brian alive. Yeah. It's He's just, just always going to be off that screen. That was the
4: one point where I was almost ready to throw something at the screen. Oh, shit. So li- there's the, the <laughs> imp Elijah chair for friggin' Brian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I swear to God, if they bring the CGI Brian back, I'm going right. to Oh, I wanted to so go so Brian. I'm going to do some monkey shines in the theater, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I fun. wanted to
2: see that so bad. I wanted to see them just like <laughs> trot out the twin brother and just have him be Brian now. No yeah. oh,
0: man. I'm, I'm glad they did not do that. Okay, so that was a good good decision on their part. Um, but uh, let's talk about something I actually liked about this movie, which is uh, hashtag Justice for Han. Justice. And Absolutely. So so Justice for Han, for, for those who are unaware, um, is the chronological order of the movies is 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 3, 7, 8, 9. Correct. Uh, and Los Bandoleros
4: is in there. Too. that's the short film
0: yes, the mm, short where movie. they that's establish right. the Dom goes the Dominican Republic mm, gotcha gotcha I have not I've seen all those things I just said except for the short film but anyway uh, Sun Kang plays uh, Han who was a fan favorite after the third film Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift um, but he was brutally killed in that movie uh, but Justin Lin not. liked that character so much that they uh, they brought him back for 4, 5, and 6 by making those film, films prequel uh, prequels to number three i'm sure he's
1: thinking you know we'll we'll deal with this timeline bullshit another time they had a you know, plan from day
0: one yeah. <laughs> just like george lucas and star wars baby yes yes and so whatever you know han dies not a huge deal i think the thing that really got people riled up including justin lynn himself is that deckard shaw the person who murdered dom uh was basically given a pass for murdering dom's close friend yep and uh, so in order to undo that horrible injustice, they just bring Han back to life in this movie by saying that he faked his own death. It, it makes absolutely it. no sense,
2: in my opinion. But and the movie doesn't care. The yeah, yeah doesn't but care. the movie doesn't, doesn't literally care. go, Wait, but how did that happen? And he goes, there's some special stuff that they can do to do <laughs> but that. Mr. Nobody say. can
4: do anything. Guess who else can do anything? God. God.
1: God <laughs> oh, can bring people can.
4: back to life. Uh, he can make things explode <laughs> or not explode, turn water into wine. I could go on and on all day, but I'm not going to. So Sunken can also
1: do a- anything. Uh.
4: Do you want to say, it is hilarious that they bring back the
1: Tokyo Drift crew who are supposed to be like at a high school? Like yeah, in twenties, so,
0: Lucas Black is nearly forty years old. It's hilarious. <laughs> he he was it. like thirty when Tokyo Drift happened. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I you know I was thinking I, we can dive more into the timeline of the Fast movies in the After Dark uh, episode. But uh, sure. Yes, it, but wait, it, wait, wait, Supposed to so, be like this. This movie theoretically takes place a few years after. Tokyo okay. Drift, so yes. it doesn't make sense that these guys have aged decades. But whatever, <laughs> it's whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's you, not... you got to work with what you
2: have. So, so there were. Are we to believe that there were no human remains in the wreckage of Han's car? Yeah. Or I did guess... they put in a? Bo- There's no heart. hard. It's not okay. that hard. one of my only absolutely no consideration for. <laughs> they just don't give a shit but, about it. Here's is what
4: I like about these movies: is that they are beginning to become self-aware to the point where they can call out the absurdities of, of these decisions uh, that there's a winking to it and that Roman is the character that is the focal point of all of that like confusion and befuddlement because he's the least talented one of them all he's mm-hmm. the coward he's the one that's afraid of everything he's the fool who sees reality how yeah. much yes he how much can he truly be a fool when he knows he's a coward he knows he's inept he knows he can't shoot a gun or do anything but he still hasn't died
2: it, i'm it's, with dave on this one though it, 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 just because the movie knows it's <laughs> which, doing be, something be, be stupid dave Chen you're talking about right yes yeah, yes uh, uh yes uh <laughs> it's allowed to be lore. stupid though yeah yeah no it's it's allowed to be stupid i don't have to like that it's stupid i know i'm just saying <laughs> I, that
4: i like the fact yeah. that it is stupid
2: but I don't yeah. think I don't think it's a smart move. I don't think it makes the movie l- less stupid mm-hmm. just because it it says, "Yeah, I know I'm stupid." Nobody's saying That's...
4: these movies aren't stupid. I mean, <laughs> okay. No one's ever, yeah, said, I think it's no like one's ever said that except Vin Diesel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so Jesus the,
2: himself. Yeah. here's the
0: thing. I, I, so a few things. Like number one, I actually think it's fine to not have explained it, like because you know I'm not a fan of the BBC Sherlock but there was a, (laughs) uh, in fact, I think at the end of the day, I actually think it's actually quite bad, but um, there was a, I think at the end of one of the seasons, minor spoilers for Sherlock, like Sherlock uh, apparently like commits suicide or kills himself. Jumps off a building. Yeah. He jumps off a building and then he comes back the next season. And at the beginning of the next season, like all these people speculate on like, how did he come back? Like me, I heard he did this. I heard he did this. And like, then it like flashes back and these things are actually depicted. And it's like, and they never explain which one of those things it actually was, and I actually think it's just it's fine that way. Like it's it's better that they don't explain it because like
4: the Sherlock Holmes from the <laughs> books who jumps in the Reichenbach falls and then he comes mm-hmm. back because well let me let uh, me Doyle wanted to do more Sherlock Holmes stories he didn't care
0: yeah 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 but it's it's just like it I don't necessarily they explain Jeff like oh there was a trap door underneath the blah blah it doesn't matter you know like
2: no well, one cares well. <laughs> Perhaps. I think there is a way to do the non-explanation as panache. It's, it's you know, it's David Mamet's, like, it, it doesn't, you know, the details don't matter. It's, it's the feeling.
4: But right. so This is a blockbuster in 2021. Boy, do those details matter to every no, no, single listen, foreign yeah, audience out. across the world. If they hear don't explain that in Mandarin Chinese to exacting detail, those people <laughs> will walk out of the theater
2: spitting on the ground. Or, or you could listen <laughs> To what I have to say, uh, the, the idea would be that if they're setting this up over multiple films, which they have done, the anticipation of Justice for Han is r- reaching this crescendo and it's going to, going to finally be revealed, they're kind of setting up a magic trick, right? They're saying, hey, we know that we have put ourselves in an impossible plot hole here. Wait until you see how we are going to explain it. That to me seems like the tantalizing question that has been raised in these multiple teases, these mm-hmm. post credit sequences uh, that is like, hey, he's actually alive. Aren't you curious how we're going to do this? And then to completely punt on that feels like <laughs> oh, a they massive cop out
4: didn't punt at all. They they spent 20 minutes explaining it and then they gave him a sidekick. Yeah. I was like, well, he was taking care of this young woman who is very important to the story. Like, even if it wasn't necessarily clever and they didn't explain the physics behind how they blew up a car and then put gristle in there so it looked like a dead body that doesn't mean they didn't spend any time trying to weave a story around it even if it's want, even if it's a I fast want, and furious style goofball I want an story. entire mm-hmm.
2: side film where they're hunting for gristle what? I <laughs> yeah. mean that,
0: but, I'm sure Vin okay. Diesel is plotting that as we speak putting aside <laughs> the the plot mechanics of it I will say there's been a few times when I'm watching fast movies that I am uh like I'm hit with emotion one of those is the very end of Fast 5 when they're all like Living out their dreams, you know, mm-hmm. after stealing all the money, like that was a delightful, amazing needle drop with Danza Kuduro. Um, the beautiful. end of Furious Seven when they kind of like give that tribute to Brian uh, to uh, sorry Paul Walker. Yeah, uh, that, that was like a beautiful moment. And then and also crying in the theater, I cried. Like, yeah, I it got me. Yeah, I, I got yeah. choked
2: up. It was beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And and also Jeff, you probably disagree with this one, but Han coming back kind it kind of <laughs> got me. It kind of got me because. And I go into this in my, my like I made a YouTube video mm-hmm. about it, but basically like it's very rare to see like badass Asian men on screen um, in movies these days. And uh, one that was like kind of carelessly killed off, and then like his the guy who murdered him is now part of the family. It, you know, kind of kind of a slap in the face. And the fact that he's back now, uh, I uh, it was it was nice to see. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. And but we're clearly, clearly getting lots yeah.
4: of Han in the next Hobbs and Shaw movie because of the post credit sequence.
0: Yeah, so uh in the post credit sequence, for those who didn't stay behind, uh basically like Jason Statham's kicking some dude's ass. Kicking some then, ass, yeah. And then uh Han op- like he Han knocks on the door, Jason Statham opens the door, you see Han for like a second. Yeah. Smash Cut to Black. And That's uh past. come that, back to haunt you. Yeah, back so, to Han you. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 No, uh, so justice okay. is truly coming, uh, and I think
1: that's yeah. exciting. So, did, did everybody forget that uh, that Shaw killed like forty people in the hospital? At the beginning of one of he these absolutely movies? did that. He's a <laughs> he horrible person. He's a horrible. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah, it. he's terrible. He's terrible.
2: But his mom is so fun. <laughs> his mom is hilarious. She
1: has so much charisma with Vin Diesel. It is amazing. I heard that bu- car. I, I saw Kyle so Ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I saw Kyle Buchanan talking, tweeting today about how. Um, like they have like a ton of chemistry together. They're mm-hmm. one scene <laughs> together. Sexual um, chemistry is that what we're implying here? Dream, I, I think, yeah. possibly, possibly.
2: So, uh, all right. Any the, mo- the movie? Yeah. I mean, the movie's like. I, don't, I gotta shut up because you guys are. I don't want to be. Mr. <laughs> a yeah, dark Cloud. Jeff, yeah, you're well, gonna let what, us. What like happened to reciting in yeah. the background? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I keep trying together. to interrupt you and you won't let. <laughs> <laughs> I'll recite. I'll recite. I'll, recede, I'll recede. Sorry, uh, Jeff, go, go ahead. Finish this last one. The movie is like. Almost Space Jam. You know, yeah, it's it's space literally like putting putting characters in places <laughs> f- only because we need to put those characters in the places. Sure, there's sure. no reason. For you them you to go be in to the Tokyo.
0: Movie. I'm gonna go to London. You know. Yeah. There's a, we know there's yeah. a character in London.
2: Let's meet her. You know. It's, uh, I, I,
0: I want to say one thing about this show. What is here's a fascinating thing about the Fast franchise. It is we talked about this earlier with the conflict between Vin Diesel and The Rock, and mm-hmm. it is rare. To have a major blockbuster franchise where there is open conflict between the stars of the of the film, I don't know if Uh, that's rare. I don't know if that's rare. That's not rare, (laughs) but it's certainly like deliciously dramatic. Yeah, really, really. I guess I just feel like in in modern, like Marvel films, you never hear about those people really fighting because I just feel like those are really producer driven. Mm. They they got rid of the one guy.
1: His name was Edward Norton, and
4: they threw him over a cliff. Also, also
1: uh, the the first uh, what's his face. I'm I don't you know. Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard, Joss, Joss, Joss Whedon. Da- That's the i Joss Whedon was they, they, also like, erased people rather than. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, um, it reminded me of this article from August of 2019, uh, in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the headline of the article: the article "Fast and Furious Stars is Complicated Demand." I never want to lose a fight. Uh, the the article begins quote Vin Diesel didn't want to look like a wimp. Uh, and he had an idea. Why not assign numerical values to every move? Headbutt, roundhouse kick, body slam, yes. so you could calculate a total and determine if two men were getting pummeled evenly, end quote. He had a character sheet, guys. He had a character sheet for this whole thing. So, and so, it just it just is like, this is a... Uh, it, it's fascinating to view this franchise from the perspective of, like, Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's you, you know, Divingo, you view it from the perspective of Vin Diesel's creative brilliance. Um uh, Dave Schilling, C- you're certainly viewing it, I, I you're, don't know if it's
1: brilliance, but it's certainly
0: gusto. Like right. it, you're, it is you're viewing it, Dave Schilling, from the perspective of Vin Diesel's uh uh religious iconography or what have you. <laughs> but, but also I'm fasc- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry. But it's fascinating to view it from the perspective of Vin Diesel's ego. Yeah. And it's all was- ego. Yeah. I always just think it's fascinating because, like, there's literally a scene where he's like Samson from the Bible. Like, he's yes. this is what he, I'm yeah. saying. This <laughs> yes. is that moment where he
4: rips the whole like ceiling he rips the, down, the scaffolding and off the he's, wall, right?
0: Like, drowning, and then he
4: has a <laughs> 10 minute flashback, and then <laughs> Letty pulls him out like an angel. Like, it's all there.
0: It's it's mm. all there. It's all it's there. there. But the, yeah,
1: the conflict, just, just... by the way, Dave. Like, I think is hilarious too because, like. Listen, this is this is all Vin Diesel's got, guys. Yeah. Right? What is what is his career? <laughs> no more triple like
4: X, no more Riddick. This no, is it. Yeah. Well,
1: there, find me guilty XXX3. two is
4: not happening.
1: I love find <laughs> me mean, guilty. Triple X three, great film, great film that knew exactly what it was going to be. But this is Vin Diesel's baby, right? And you bring in the Rock. I'm sure his number one worry is like, this guy's going to steal my franchise. And that that was like the thing. Like maybe we didn't really feel it in Fast Five, but as they kept going more and more, is the thing. Guess what happened, guys? The Rock stole his franchise and made a whole separate like it is literally everything he was afraid of. So, I mean, it is silly that he would think this and that there was conflict. Uh, There was also further reporting, I think, last week that apparently The Rock did not appreciate Vin Diesel giving him acting tips. Yeah, Which I think I want to yeah. see that. I want
2: to see that B roll. You gotta see yeah. without moving your mouth in any way. <laughs>
0: you gotta but close yeah. your eyes more. I can see <laughs> too much of your eyeballs. So <laughs> Clearly, the, the, like the Marvel films are like extremely producer driven, right? And yes. then yeah. Yeah. this is yes. very Vin Diesel driven. You know mean? He's like the, the producer one by Diesel. It's He's him and producer.
4: Tom Cruise yeah. who are the last two real movie stars
0: in terms of their ability to control the behind right? the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like or for, for a specific franchise at least, right? Yeah. Like yeah. and so you compare yeah, you compare this to like Mission Impossible, which is kind of a manifestation of Tom Cruise, you know, this is a manifestation of Vin Diesel. DC yeah. Comics, like a lot of those movies are a manifestation of like Zack Snyder's creative aesthetic. And yep. and this great. and Marvel is like Kevin Feige. You know, so it's yeah Marvel kind of
4: like, and Bond are both producer driven and the Barbara yeah. Broccoli controls the Bond movies. And when she's this done Craig, she sends him packing
2: I uh, yep. I did a quick Google search of uh, famous feuds f- of stars and movies. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones from Batman Forever. <laughs> Love yeah. it. I don't know if you guys remember that I Tommy sure Lee Jones do. famously told Jim Carrey, "I don't like you. I think I hate you. <laughs> I I, um,
4: I will not sanction your buffoonery." Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Great
1: line. Uh,
2: Wesley Snipes and Ryan Reynolds in Blade Trinity. <laughs> yep.
1: He was worried that he was trying to steal the franchise. And guess what happened, guys? Guess what happened?
2: Yeah, it was a a precursor to this whole shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sharon Stone and William Baldwin in Sliver. Mm -hmm. Couldn't stand each other. The great Sliver Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf in Lawless. I can't believe those two didn't get along. Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were they both off their meds at the same time? You you get my point, though, Jeff, right? Like, is, is I feel like... Uh, it, like these days, like all that stuff is like fairly sanitized. It's it's rare mm-hmm. when someone like John Boyega or someone or you know in the, yeah. D- Dwayne Johnson and um and and Vin Diesel like speak out about challenges with with uh, with coworkers because it's mm-hmm. all very very controlled these days. So yep. anyway, um, why don't we wrap up here, Dave Schilling. Okay, oh, can, can I just say a couple of things? Cause we we yeah. did not mention the set pieces. We didn't mention
1: we, we have to talk of about space. The, the truck, talk about space, space, guys. Yeah, I at the very least, so I want to say bit. I loved all the magnet shit. Give me more Magnet shit. The Magnets bringing cars together. The Magnets pushing cars apart. I loved all of it. Um, just because we, I, I, we've never kind of seen that happen. Like, I've seen so many chase movies, guys. I've seen so many car movies and action movies and things. Like, I, I love to see something different. That part felt different. And then, yeah, everyone was joking. What are they going to do? Go to space? Yeah, they did it. Now what? Did. Now what? People joking about the Fast and the Furious—they went to space.
4: Deal it, with it. In a space hoopd like a really yep. busted up car. Uh, the magnets thing was cool, but it did remind me a little bit of eight and the uh, self driving cars. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's cars mm, as projectiles yeah. Yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the space stuff. I love that they brought in the the Tokyo Drift characters to help <laughs> them get there. They're I, rocket
1: engineers now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, they, <laughs> they're rocket scientists. Yeah.
4: Everybody gets smarter as the movies go on. Like <laughs> Ted was just kind of like a guy who worked on cars, yeah. and now he's like a nuclear physicist. Or something. He was
1: the world's greatest hacker by by F five, apparently. So yeah,
4: yeah, it's just it's just multiples of of power. Everybody gets smarter, <laughs> stronger, faster, uh, better. They're, they're looking, leveling up taller people. in Vin this Diesel's is,
1: case. They're leveling up. This is talk about a reflection of Vin Diesel's personality, right? Like he also had the uh, the the Riddick franchise guys chronicles of Riddick Riddick the other sequel that nobody saw um literally a role playing franchise that he like he kind of wanted to do because it's based on one of his role playing characters I just I love it I love the sheer geekery I love the 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 sheer gusto that he's gone in with this franchise uh like as as a true nerd would he has hit points he has character sheets he's leveling people up along the way it's amazing It
2: it is pretty funny that the movie literally flirts with making them all superheroes yes you know, like the, the movie stops and goes, should we? Hey, audience, what do you think? Should we yeah. all have superpowers now? Well, Hobbs
1: and Shaw basically had superpowers, too. So, yeah. This or at least Idris Elba's character did. We yeah. are
4: this the the Roman monologue where he's like, maybe maybe we are special. Maybe there's uh-huh. something about it. This is the beginning of where this is yep. all going at the end. that we find out that they <laughs> all died at the end of four and they came back to life as angels. Just. Watch it! It's gonna happen. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be like the ending of
1: Lost or something.
4: Remember yeah. in four when he drives into the bad guy and they the cars blow up? And <laughs> remember how good the survived? ending of Lost was? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, it's gonna blow your mind when this, when this when this all happens. And I want them to peel,
1: I want I want them to peel the fabric of reality apart. Basically, too, like I, I want too. them to like just really go deep on how absurd it all. End is. End of
4: Matrix amazing. Reloaded. This exactly. is what I'm going for. Is some sort of like, oh, this is what it was all about. The car goes so so fast that it
2: tears the fabric of reality. It goes
0: past 88 miles per (laughs) hour, right?
4: Put that guy in a DeLorean and
0: see what happens. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I think we could wrap it up there. Um, But Dave Schilling, it's been a pleasure to have you on. We really appreciate it. You want to let people know where they can find more of your work on the internet? Absolutely. Well, I am at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter.
4: And as previously mentioned, I am the co-host with uh, Jonah Ray of Galaxy Brains, which is Polygon's movie and TV podcast. We overthink and we overanalyze to the point where this week's Fast 9 episode is, as I said, about how I think that the Fast movies are a retelling of the Book of Revelations and that Dom is an angel. So please check that out if you want to hear more of this ridiculous notion. <laughs> is Jonah on board with your theory? Oh, no, 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 not at all. And our, 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 guest, our, our guest is... Kind of going with it a little bit. Uh, Jin Yamato, who's an LA Times reporter yeah. oh, and so one of on, the yeah, top Fast and Furious scholars in the world, a Justice for Han believer, <laughs> and uh, it's just a J- great J- time. Justice
0: for Han like started and originally originated. supported the movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jin, yeah so. Jin
4: was at the forefront of a Justice yes. for Han and has a really great piece in the Times about Justin Lin and Sung Kang's kind of influence on the franchise and how important. Those two are two
0: Asian American representation in films. Love it. Indeed. Well, check out the galaxy brains podcast. If you want to hear more of Dave Schilling, you can find more episodes of this podcast at slash filmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from uh, Adam Warrock and our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber, Kyle Corwith. Check out his YouTube channel. This episode was edited by me, David Chen next week. On the podcast, we are going to be reviewing Steven Soderbergh's new movie. It's going to be out on HBO Max. It's called The No Sudden Move. That's going to be next week here on the Slice Filmcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you later.